This month at WMNF is Homeless and Hunger Awareness Month. This year, we've seen a 37% increase in unhoused senior citizens. In part, this can be attributed to the rising costs of living, lack of immediate financial assistance, and low Social Security wages, leaving Hillsborough County senior citizens to fend for themselves. They've lost their homes and their most prized possessions, forced to survive life on the streets without family, friends, and people who care. These individuals are lost, yet they are a part of all of our communities. Learn how you can help at www.thebautistaprojectinc.org. Welcome to another edition of the Sunday Forum right here on WMNF 88.5 Tampa, Sarasota, St. Pete. I'm your host, Walter L. Smith II, the voice of the Tampa Bay area, along with the members of the 4th Estate crew. Mabili? Good morning. How you doing? Pretty good. All right, all right, all right. Not too happy about the beatdown, but... No, I don't think anybody is. Shouldn't be. I couldn't stand to watch that video of the Memphis... Cops, but the good news is they've disbanded the Scorpion crew, that special elite police force that beat down Tyree Nichols and Memphis. We're going to talk about that today, uh, and, and do some perspectives on that. And because yeah. there, there there is a perspective that I have on that, uh, that that I want to discuss, that 
some people have brought up before. But I think since this is a Sunday forum, I think it's appropriate that we get the feedback from the people mm-hmm. on this issue um, and, and see if we have some some different narratives. Um, although I'm sure everybody would be sick by it. I'm just, you know, assuming that would be the case. Um, if, you, if you're not, there's something wrong. Yeah, it's just that something wrong. There are five cops. There, there were black cops. That yeah, did. that, that the, the, another, that's another perspective <laughs> we're going to talk about this morning uh, here on the Sunday Forum. Uh, Laura, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm a little... Oh. Is your mic on? I'm doing all right. I'm a little tired this morning. I had some fun with Gasparilla because my roommate had never been. She's about to leave to Atlanta. Okay. So we, ha- we had a time, <laughs> to oh, yeah. say the least. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So everybody was in a everybody was in a a drunken stupor yesterday. A little After, bit, just a little bit, just a tipsy stupor. <laughs> we weren't going crazy. Someone tried to sell me a Coors Light for fifteen dollars. Stop lying. <laughs> I was Damn. like, you're joking. Light on top of that. Oh my god, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Well, listen, we we have a lot to to cover today, and. Uh, we have uh, some guests, and we're going to start with our guest and dear friend, Frank Crump. Frank, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks you all for having me today. I'm, I'm glad I can be here with you. Glad to have you, man. Glad to have you. Frank is, is uh, a very, very dear friend, but he also plays a very significant role uh, with the city of Tampa. And that is, he does media, he's in charge of media. Is that correct? So what I am, I am a part of the City of Tampa's Community Engagement and Partnership Department. Uh, I have been with the City of Tampa for over 20 years, but in my current role, I am a Community Engagement Coordinator for the City of Tampa. And so in short, what that means is that I like to connect people to people and people to resources. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. And And that's what we need. We need that badly. And you've been doing that for how long? Uh, I've been with the city of Tampa for over 20 years. And the whole time I've had the opportunity to interact with a wide variety of people, to tell the stories of local citizens, and to help elevate the things that make this city important, not just for one set of people, but for all people. And so I'm glad to continue in that vein with our current mayor, Jane Castor. Uh, and one of the reasons why I'm here to talk to you is about the city of Tampa's Black History Celebration, which is yes. coming up in the month of February. Yes. And the yes. thing about that, Walter, is that it is the longest running black history celebration in Hillsborough County. And I dare say in the state of Florida. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I, okay. Yeah. We've been uh, hosting this celebration since uh, 1988. The actual organization, which is the City of Tampa Black History Committee, was formed in 1988, and I, I want to correct something. We were formed in 1988. The first celebration was in 1989 under the leadership of Jeanette S. Martin and Mr. Bobby L. Bowden. Ah, yes. The Corvette man. Yes, sir. My main man. I love Bobby Bowden. All right. So, have you ever met Bobby Bowden? Mm-hmm. I mean, a new Corvette. From a distance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a new Corvette every month, man. That's my main man. I love yeah. Bobby Biden. He's a stand-up guy. Um, ha- always has been. Very good friend of my father's um, and to our family. Uh, and he's done a lot for this community. Yes, a he has. In this community and for this community. Yes, he has. And he's been a mentor for so many people of all shades in the city of Tampa. But especially for many of the city of Tampa black employees He's been sort of uh, that consummate professional, the icon that we've all looked up to. And he's also the founder of the City of Tampa's Black History Committee. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this year for our 33rd, 35th anniversary, the theme is Then and Now, A Remarkable Journey, Education and Scholarship. That's excellent. I like that. I like that. Yes, sir. So so, so we go deep this year. We, we want to make sure as a organization that we're paying homage to those individuals and organization that have played a pivotal role in the success of young people throughout the state of Florida. And our keynote speaker this year is none other than Dr. Tanya Williams, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Williams is the president of St. Pete College. Right, right, yeah. right. right. She, let me tell you, um, I met Tanya Williams uh, when my dad was being honored at St. Pete College for his work on the Magnificent Twelve, his book. And that's when I met Tanya Williams. She was uh, actually, I think she was the head, I think she was working um, as, as a coordinator for that black history program that they were having there at that particular time and for that particular program that they were having. But um, I, I was glad to see when she was named president of St. Pete College, it was a wonderful thing. So that meant that we had the two major institutions of, of two-year colleges at that particular time. Of course, now now a college, which has four-year programs, um, a bachelor program, uh, that was uh, Ken Atwater at that time, which now is president of HCC, Hillsborough Community College, and Charlie Williams. Glad to know it. Glad to know it. Glad to know it. So tell us more. Tell us more, because there's more. Yeah, there's, there's definitely more. more. Uh, the MC for our program is going to be Deanna King, from News Channel 8. She's going to be presiding over our event this year. And we're going to be recognizing 12 individuals and organizations that have made an impact, again, in the field of education and in the pursuit of scholarship. Uh, And I don't want to give away all 12 um, who are going to be featured, but what I will say, among those include individuals that helped to found the Institute on Black Life at the University of South Florida, as well as president of Fisk University. It includes an organization that has done a lot for women and young girls in the Tampa Bay area, as well as an organization on a daily basis whose members do a lot in the Hillsborough County school system. So in me sort of alluding to who these individuals and organizations are, I'm sure that your listeners can probably guess who these individuals are, but we want to make sure that that's a big surprise. And we want all of you to come out on Monday, February the 13th at 11 a.m. to the Tampa Convention Center for the 35th annual City of Tampa Black History Celebration. You are definitely going to want to see this event and be there in person. It's not just about uh, the networking opportunities. It's about learning more about the history and culture of African-Americans in Hillsborough County and in the state of Florida. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, there is there is also uh, a festival. Is that is that correct? A film festival. Yeah, yeah. Place. So there is also a, a film, film festival. It's a film series, actually. And this is the second year. And I want to talk about that. But there are two things also I want to mention before we go on about the Black History Celebration. Entertainment. The legendary Kumba dancers will be the entertainment for the uh, celebration. And also one of our very own City of Tampa employees, uh, Miss Sandra Williams. She's also a gospel artist, but she works for the City of Tampa. She'll be performing our national anthem as well as lift every voice and sing the black national anthem. So, again, we've got a lot for everyone. Uh, so please come out to the event. But more directly to your question, Walter and team, you mentioned about a film series. So what this is, is that uh, a few years ago, this is an interesting story. Back in 2019, I had the opportunity to work with Jill Witecki at the Tampa Theater. During that time, I was producing a segment that really dealt with the intersection between Black History Month and Valentine's Day. And during that process, I came up with a list of films for our audience over social media to to look at that we thought would be kind of interesting that played homage to black actors and filmmakers in lead roles and also leading behind the camera. And out of that came the Black Love Classic movie series. So we weren't able to actually start it in 2020 because of the pandemic. But immediately when the air started to clear, so to speak, I had the opportunity to reach out to the Tampa Theater. And last year was the very first year of the Black Love Classic movie series. So on number two, we're sort of expanding it beyond just talking about or featuring love stories to featuring stories that deal with um, personal, um, uh, personal identity, 
deals with uh, people being able to find themselves and explore themselves and also that journey back home. Mm -hmm. So this year, the theme is home is where the heart is. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. You know, and you know, the, the issue, the issue in media or in, in, in the cinematic issue mm -hmm. has been for quite some time, the issue of black love. Right. And, and, and that is that in our movies, mm -hmm. uh, we are in movies. Typically we had been hypersexualized. Mm -hmm. Uh, we had been stereotyped in so many ways. In some, in many cases, uh, you had you had persons, um, uh, characters, yes, that were traditional stereotypical characters, uh, like the mammy, correct, uh, the mammy, old uncle, uh, and yeah, the shuffling, was. the shuffling, no good, uh, the the high yellow heifer, right. which is another one. Right. Uh, so all of these are sort of images. Mm -hmm of stereotypes of, of African-Americans or black people around the world, not just folks within the United States, but black people around the world. And many times these films that you're referring to were not made by black directors. They happen to be made by others. But in some cases, African-Americans or others appealed in those movies because it was an opportunity. Right. But because of the groundwork that they laid, you know, today you have your Ava DuVernay's, you have your Michael B. Jordans. You have folks like that who've been able to elevate on screen the experiences of African-Americans and individuals throughout the African diaspora. And so with the Black Love Classic movie series, you know, we're out to make sure that when it comes to those individuals who are being portrayed on the screen, that we get a chance to showcase the nuance of the black experience in America, we, that we have the opportunity to really love on ourselves on the silver screen. And we also have a chance to reacquaint ourselves with some movies that maybe were not directed by black uh, filmmakers, but are canon to the black experience cinematically. So this year, the movies that we're showcasing um, and it will be The Wiz. Oh, thank God. You know, that's one that I think everyone uh, has a, a great experience around. And, and you know, for that, those millennials that who, who may not know of The Wiz, this is a wonderful opportunity for, get, for them to get acquainted with it. This is also a great time for families to bring their children out to see this movie. Another movie that we're showcasing is To Sleep With Anger. That movie was directed by a world-class filmmaker by the name of Charles Burnett, uh, who also happens to be African-American. And it's a movie starring Danny Glover, and it takes place in South Central Los Angeles. It's a very interesting uh, movie that really deals on um, hyper, uh, I mean, it really deals on uh, um, uh, folklore and the ways in which um, black folklore makes its way into the nuances of everyday life. Right. And then there's a little movie that you may have heard of called Coming to America. <laughs> it's also a part of our series. And we close with not only a movie that's black history, but also American history. Uh, 2023 marks the 80th anniversary of a movie called Cabin in the Sky. And this movie in 2020 became a part of our national treasure in terms of being inducted into the Library of Congress for mm -hmm. its its film quality, its aesthetic and cultural importance. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and you know, wow. there's there's so much more I can talk to you all about these films, and so much more I want to share. But um, needless to say, we've got a great lineup. I encourage all of you and all of your listeners to come out on February the fifth at three p.m. for our very first screening. Doors open at 2 o'clock, but I want you to get there at 2. At the Florida Theater. That's right, at the Tampa Theater. Tampa Theater. We're going to be at the Tampa Theater right in downtown Tampa. But I want you to get there. That's going to be the screening for The Wiz. But there are so many important reasons why I want you to get there early. Number one, before the movie, Sonya Bryson Kersey, that you all may know of as the voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning. She's the one that performs the national anthem. Mm -hmm just about at every game. But did you all know that she's also the host of a podcast? 
And that podcast uh, is all about reading. Sunny Reading Project is the name of her podcast. And what she's going to be doing at 2.30 is that she's going to be reading her favorite book to children. So come on down with your kids. This is after church. So go right from church, right over to the Tampa Theater. Listen to Sonia. Read this book. But not only that, between church and coming to the theater, you get the opportunity to dress up. So this is also an opportunity to celebrate literacy. You all know that The Wiz is based upon Frank L. Baum's book, The Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. So we want to encourage reading among young people and children. And what better way in terms of doing that, linking the imagination associated with the creation of film and the imagination that you get when you read a book. So let's say you don't decide to dress up as your favorite storybook character, but we encourage you to. Uh, and Walter, you can bring your grandkids and have them dress up as their favorite oh, storybook yeah, character. Yeah, they'll, they'll love that one. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And, love and, what, that. and what you can do, Walter, you can bring your favorite children's book and donate it because WEDU is kicking off their very first book drive during the month of February at the Tampa Theater. So a month-long book drive to encourage reading among um, young children and, and teens starts at the Tampa Theater. And then after that, you can actually go to WEDU and drop off your book. And those books will be donated to organizations such as the Rich House and um, given to children so that they can start their own home libraries. Excellent. That's that's excellent, man. Yeah, uh, I'm glad to see that that there's such a move towards literacy, and, uh, and and that there's an incorporation with that to the cinema, mm-hmm. uh, so that we so that we're encouraging quality cinema, yes, and quality programming. I think one of the things that that I'm very very happy about is this showing of the Wiz. I'm very very happy about that, and and let me tell you why. Okay. So the other night, I walked in, and my wife is sitting there with both the grandkids, and she's watching The Wiz. And they love The Wiz. Uh, my son, Walter, loves The Wiz. My daughter, just singing, she loves The Wiz. And so we love The Wiz, right? And so it, I think that the message, I think that quite often, though, um, like the Wizard of Oz, uh, the message of the of the Wiz has not been discussed. I think um, across the board, mm-hmm. and I think that during Black History Month, it, it's it's going to be incumbent upon us to have discussions like that, mm-hmm. so we can understand. Okay, this is the Wiz. If anybody's ever seen the Wiz. You know that it takes place pretty much in in, in New York, right? Correct. Yep. And the entire movie is in New York, and what they would consider to be Oz is pretty much an imaginary uh, abstract of New York, and the different difficulties and things of the time. Correct. In the eighties of, of of New York, and it, it it stresses all those little things that we're going through that Black people were going through at the time, mm-hmm. in in the inner cities, and I think that. Uh, I think that people miss it because it's not discussed, right? They, they look at the entertainment and they're glad to see the entertainment. Who got? I think the only person that's alive of the of the lead cast is Diana Ross. That's right. Yep, Diana Ross. Uh, she's still with us, mm-hmm. uh, and she was also. Um, we had the pleasure in that movie when you watch it, Michael Jackson. Yes, that was a great performance he has as the Scarecrow. You had Nipsey, Nipsey Russell as yes. the Tin Man in that film. Yes. And there were a lot of uh, great songs that came from that movie. And uh, one of those songs is No Bad News. I think you yeah. remember that. Don't That's nobody the, bring me no, no bad, bad news. news. That's right. That's from um, uh, the, the, the Wicked Witch who was played by um, Yolanda Whitman, I think it is. The, the one who played... Uh, you play mama and that's your mama. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's my mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A lot yeah, of people don't. Right. People don't remember that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Or the I think she's also the mother. No, she wasn't the mother on um, What's Happening. But uh, uh, she later. A lot of people don't know this though. She later played uh, the maid in um, 
Hap, not Happy Gilmore, uh, an Adam Sandler film. Some Adam, Adam okay. Oh, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Madison, Madison. Um, Jamie Madison. Jimmy Madison. Or okay. Whatever. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. All right. So she played the maid in that. Yeah, so so I watch a lot of BGU. Yeah, yeah, hey, you know what? But you know what? That's what it's all about. It's about going down memory lane. Yeah. And this what this uh, series allows us to do. It gives us that opportunity. And I'm so grateful to Mayor Jane Castor because when she when she, when we approached her with this concept, she was behind it 100. percent Yeah. And at three o'clock at Who the Tampa be? Theater. Yeah. You're right about that. And um, she's going to be there on, on the opening day as well. And okay. she's actually going to open up the series. And along with that, let's say your grandkids or the, the, for your audience, your grandkids at home, if they're dressed as a storybook character, they're going to have the opportunity to participate in a parade at the theater that same wow. day. Wow. So, I mean, there is so much going on. There's layer after layer after layer here because we want this not to just target the children, but also the adults. And you talk about the issues in those movies. Um, that Wicked Witch, she owned a sweatshop, right? Remember mm -hmm. that? That's right. That's, That's right. what she owned. She didn't want to hear bad news because she really didn't want to have anything um, miss, uh, miss, miss or sideline what she was trying to do in terms of greed and corporate greed, mm -hmm. which is still one of those issues that we have today where sometimes the people who matter most are not being put in a prominent place and getting what they deserve. Um, but you know, the same could be said. The same could be said in terms of how Hollywood, over history, has approached black film and black filmmakers, right? Um, and I would say that the thing about this series, it it gives us the another opportunity on a local level to tap into the talent that we have here, but also to give organizations the opportunity to shine. So again, this series is layer upon layer upon layer. The second movie, To Sleep With Anger, which will screen on February the 12th, again, at 3 p.m. Who's in that movie? Uh, that movie stars Danny Glover. Mm -hmm. It also stars Mary Alice. So you, you may know Mary Alice because she was the house mother on A Different World, like season two, three, and four. She was a house mother. The, the first year it was Loretta Devine. Yes. But yeah, she took yes. she took her place. But Mary Alice has been in so many films over the years, including Sparkle. Uh, and, you know, we Is just she, lost. I thought she passed away. She, we she lost Mary, Mary Ad, Yeah, we lost Irene Carey. Yeah. We also lost uh, Mary <laughs> Alice. But, yeah, that's what I was going to mention. We, we lost our beloved Irene Cara. So that's a film that we definitely want to highlight in, in future seasons of the series. I actually saw her in Fences. Oh, yeah. And when I was in New York, my mother took me when I was a kid to go to New York um, to go see Dreamgirls mm -hmm. and Fences with James Earl Jones. Yes. And Mary Alice. Yes. And, yeah. So, so two powerhouses, not just of cinema, but also of Broadway. Yeah. Uh, and so in this in this movie, she also plays a mother, uh, uh, a very strong woman whose husband has fallen ill and the whole town has come under the spell of a man by the name of Harry, played by the role of Danny Glover. Mm -hmm. And with him, he brings uh, a level of, I would say, malevolence to the movie. Mm -hmm. He's sort of the uh, antagonist of the film and of the family. Mm -hmm. And you've got to see how this all plays out. Uh, but he definitely brings this sort of down-home country blues feel to the movie. And um, <laughs> it's, it's definitely one that should be on everybody's list of movies to see. I, I really think so. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. And and when we go to... But I'm not going to see it before now. I'm, I'm going yeah. to save it for the festival. Yeah, you should. Right. You've got to. We'll you, you've festival. got to because that way you won't spoil it. But while you're there, while you're there on that day, I would encourage you to get an old-fashioned at the Tampa Theater. Now, let me tell you why. Um, not only is this film... This film series being sponsored by the Tampa Theater, the city of Tampa, and Tico, but it's also being sponsored by <laughs> Uncle Nearest. If you, if you all have ever heard of Uncle Nearest Whiskey, that has a story all in itself about the gentleman who was actually there at the foundation of one of the largest um, beverage manufacturers in the country, and he is finally getting his due in terms of a specific brand brand based upon the original recipe he helped to create. 
Wow. Yeah. Black man? Black man. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Black man. And and the thing about it, the CEO of the company happens to be a distant relative of uh, Nearest, who was a part of the famous whiskey uh, brand that now holds his name. So it's important because every time you take a sip of that whiskey at the Tampa Theater, a portion of those funds will be donated to an HBCU. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Like, you know, I love to hear that. Yes. We love to hear that on the Sunday phone. Now, look, now it's called Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest Whiskey. I have seen, I've seen, we were talking about this before, but, but I, but the, but I thought about it, um, as you were speaking just now, but I've seen articles about it. Mm-hmm. I think I've read like two articles about it. Um, and, and, and uh, I look forward to getting an old fashioned. Yeah, yeah, please nearest, do, sir. You say nearest green, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. First African-American master distiller. Exactly. From the state of Tennessee. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, that's that's going to be, um, that, that aspect will run throughout the entire series. But there are other opportunities for you to donate to HBCUs. But this is a special way that you can do it. So while you're having fun watching... To Sleep With Anger, or some of the other movies in the series, you can also give back to an HBCU. So, again, this is phenomenal. And, again, we want to make sure that this is a layered experience. There's no other way to say it. There's more than one way in which to enjoy yourself at the Tampa Theater. And this series isn't just for black folk. This is for everyone. We want all of you to come down and partake and have fun. And for many of you, maybe you haven't seen these movies before. Mm-hmm. But I understand that most of you probably have seen Coming to America. The original Coming to America, released in 1988. That movie is going to screen on February the 19th. But the special aspect to that movie... Don't tell me, Eddie Murphy's going to be there. Eddie Murphy is not going to be there. <laughs> however, however the, the, lobby, <laughs> the lobby of the Tampa Theater will be transformed into the Zamunda, Zamunda. Marketplace. So okay. before Wakanda... Before yeah, you had Wakanda forever, <laughs> you had Zamunda, which is the country Eddie Murphy in the movie Coming to America is from. Wow. This rich African country that was able to take <laughs> full control of his assets and resources. Right. And he had to go out of the country to find his bride because he right. wanted someone who was able to think for themselves and had their own vision and autonomy. And so he comes to Queens, New York. What other place to find a queen but in Queens, New York, right? (laughs) So that's what he does. And so um, we're going to have our own African marketplace. So when you enter the the, uh, lobby of the Tampa Theater, we want to give you the opportunity to have meaningful cultural exchange before the movie begins. So, you know, we all know that coming to America is a comedy, but there's more to it than that. We got got a youngin. All right. So look, look, look at it, look at it. it. All right. Have you seen Coming to America? No. The original? Oh, you've got to be there. You've got to come now. We got to do something about this, man. She said no to a lot of things early on, man. I've got a test. Let's just just have a test here. Y'all forget it. Y'all forget it. I was raised in a Puerto Rican household. That's all right. That's okay. That's okay. Hey, I've got a lot of Puerto Rican friends who have seen Coming to America. That does not work here. My wife is Puerto Rican, so don't. That's right. So we, we, let's, let's nice try. Hey, let's just do a film quiz. Let's just let's just run down the list. There are just certain oh, movies. No. Okay, Love and Basketball. Have you seen Love and Basketball? What I've Omar seen the laugh has the half. Okay, the laugh has that's half a point. That's half a point. How about all right. how about have you seen Love Jones? No. Okay. Okay. Wait a minute. That was a while ago. Though. Y'all are about to make me look you, so bad. Okay. On you, this you've show. got to. <laughs> All right, audience. That's two. That's two. All right. So you've got a negative one now. You've got a negative negative point five. All right. Let's let's see if we can pull pull it out here. Have you seen the movie? We trying to save you. We trying to save you. Have you seen Poetic Justice? I have. Okay. Good. All right. Now you're back at zero. Point five. Actually, you're point five. That's right. You're point five. 
Yeah, all right. So you've, you've seen Poetic Justice, all right? You're in, all right, okay, let's go for two more. I've How seen about, the Wiz. You've seen The Wiz? You've seen The Wiz? All right, 1.5. Okay. She's seen The Wiz. She's, how about, have you seen a movie called Cabin in the Sky? No. Okay, so, <laughs> lucky for you, we're going to give you a pass on that because Cabin in the Sky is a part of this year's Black Love Classic movie series, mm -hmm. and it will screen at the theater at 3 p.m. on February the 26th at the Tampa Theater so you can come and watch it there. So we'll, we'll give you a pass on that one. And yes. think about that. That's, that's not only cinema history, that's American history. 80 years. This is the 80th anniversary. For 1943, that. yeah. We, we set up, I gotta tell you, we set up, my wife and I set up and watched old black movies from the mm -hmm. 1930s and 1920, like late 20s, early 30s. The, the 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 and we sat. I was surprised that she sat there and watched that stuff with me. But she literally, she was glued to her seat. We were we were glued to our seats, and we were, we were like, man, you know, the type of stuff they had. Yeah. In these movies, was awesome, awesome. Mm -hmm. The comedy. Yeah. The 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 um, uh, the first black horror movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. That that was really the. Uh, then we saw. Um, the 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 two oh God, I forget the names that I have to go back and really really think about it. But the uh, you had people on there who we know in history, correct? Right, uh, and some people that we absolutely did not know mm. and would not know unless you watched that or those movies, those specific movies, and those were the first of the of the of those genres. Mm -hmm. Right, the the black mysteries, the Correct. the horror movies, the the um, the ghost, ghost films, movies, yeah. films, stuff like that. Yeah, Those speculative really fiction. Yes. yes, yeah. Yes. You know, Walter, when we talk about cinema, especially black cinema, we have to give credit where credit is due. Mm -hmm. We have to bring up the name of Oscar Micheaux. He was the Absolutely. father of black cinema. He really was. Now, there were others, but he was one of the people who really made it possible for black directors to make a name for themselves. He also showed, in many ways, the black experience. One of his most famous films is called Within Our Gates. It was made in 1926. And the thing about Oscar Micheaux and what was so interesting about him, he came along before the Hollywood system really came into place. Mm -hmm. So he, part of his filmmaking style was guerrilla filmmaking. He was the original bootstrapper. You know, before before uh, Spike Lee did it, before uh, Maddie Rich did it, before some of those others out there, you know, like Robert Townsend did it, he did it. And he would actually travel from city to city and show his movies in black cities and, and in towns and provide African-Americans, even in the South, the opportunity to see themselves on the silver screen, which was rare at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we've always had individuals who have had creative ability, but not necessarily the means in which to express themselves. Um, but he was one of the first to do that and to do it so well. By the way, another bit of history, did you all know that Jacksonville, Florida, at one time, was basically the Hollywood of black America. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was aware of that fact. But not many people are. That's right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Not many people are. And uh, when BET, uh, I remember in the early years of BET, ooh, I can say that, actually. I remember in the early years of BET, you remember Donnie Simpson. That's right, that, Donnie right? Simpson. Video Soul and yeah. all that. Okay, mm -hmm. so... They used to feature those films on BET. That's right. I remember that. And I would mm -hmm. sit there and watch those with my grandmother. She loved watching that stuff, man. God bless her. But we'd sit there and we would watch those movies. And they were the impetus, I believe, of my addiction mm -hmm. to, to the silver screen. I, I watch movies and, and TV shows and I'm always critiquing and watching. And, and, and I'm like, wow, you know, uh, this is something that we need to be doing yeah. in terms of being able to critically watch mm -hmm. these things and to be able to do it with our children critically. 
because a lot of times what we see on TV these days is not wholesome. It is very violent. They are and, and, and they are becoming desensitized to so much of the things that we see on TV that, uh, you know, it, it, it's nothing to see a dead body or to see that somebody shooting somebody or whatever it is. And some of them even buy into some of this stuff, right? right. But the parents, we the parents or guardians, need to be the ones to sit with them and watch these things and talk, and talk to them about Correct. the basis of what it is that they're watching. I totally agree with that statement. I think um, when we look at our society today, but even when we were kids, there were always the opportunity when you turned on the television set, uh, especially when I was a kid, that you might see something that maybe you shouldn't be exposed to. Mm-hmm. And I think it's even more so now the same way because of the Internet, because kids now have smartphones and they can carry them around. And sometimes even if you protect your child at home, they may go out into the school or they may go out into the community and one of their friends may show them something that they don't necessarily see. So I would like to say it is definitely important to protect our eye gate as well as our ear gate. And what I mean by gate, G-A-T-E, is that we have to put up fences around what we see and what we hear. Uh, And I still think there is a such thing as protecting the innocent, even visually protecting the innocent. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we should have a a, a a parent should have a mechanism in which to allow their children to be exposed to certain aspects of, of the world. We all know that film can be used as a gateway into the world. It can also be used as a mirror to criti- to be critical mm. of the world. Mm. And it just decides, and, and what makes that decision is the filmmaker as well as the distribution and production company. So there's got to be roles in there for people of all backgrounds and ethnicities so that we can have a distribution a wide distribution of ideas. And then out of those ideas, parents need to take it upon themselves to make sure that they know what their children are watching, even when it comes to animation. Because the the, the Bug Bun, Bugs Bunny cartoons that we were watching, and some of that really was meant for adults right. itself, right. aren't necessarily the things that kids might need to watch today. And I would I say adults blown. in general need to think about what they're watching. I was blown. As an adult, I mean... So as an adult, we go, I mean, we look back and we're like laughing about this stuff as a kid, yeah. right? But now as an adult, I'm like, man, hell no. Yeah. Are you serious right now? Did I really watch this? Did I really laugh about this? I mean, we thought that stuff was hilarious. Right. Uh, yeah, that's, that, I think what you're referring to is that there were in many of those old cartoons, those old animated shorts, there were racial stereotypes. Oh God! We talked you about know, one. Yeah. Remember we talked about the one with Lazy Town? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! My wife sent me that thing, and I was like, "Are you serious right now?" And she said, "I can't even believe that we actually watched this." Right. Like, lazy and, is a trope, anyway. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and just to let you know, even back then. Uh, organizations like the NAACP were active and protesting uh, some of these cartoons and protesting some of these movies. It, even before Birth of a Nation brought um, the black press to the forefront, they were always being critical where they could of the images of African Americans that were on the silver screen. Mm-hmm. So there's always been a counterforce against those images. It's just about over time and, and, and chance and history, who's had the opportunity to place those same images in front of us again and again and again without explanation. And it's okay, you know, as children, there were so many things we laughed at, but the sad part, Walter, would have been if as an adult, you saw that and would not have known that there was anything wrong with it. Right, right, and that, that, is, that is the sad part. But thanks to you, and thanks to uh, to your your organization, your organizations that are co- um, uh, um, comrades, the people that are working with you on this yeah. entire thing, to, to put this together. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing this because this is this is big. This is big, and I think it, it is more profound than what we would than what we than what anybody would give it credit for. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I give all credit to um, 
the city of Tampa as well as the Tampa Theater yes. as well as Tico because they're paying for the films. I'll give Tico. Yes. I'm gonna give Tico that. that yes. one <laughs> and, Tico, and, I'm giving. I'm giving you. I'm giving you a pass this yes, time, sir. Tico. Give me a pass. Uh, and, 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 and the thing is, Mobili, <laughs> uh, is that when we talk about the Tampa Theater, it always, it has not always been an open space for, for people of color, Mm-mm. whether from Puerto Rico or from the United States or, or anywhere. And the thing that I like about the theater is that they've recognized the dark parts of their history and they're willing to say, this is our truth, but now let's move forward, understanding that. This is Tampa Bay is a multicultural environment, new and day. that's important. It's a move towards that's a important. new day. It's yes, a move sir. towards a new day. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, really appreciate uh, again what you are doing. Thank you, sir. Um, and the people that are working with you, thank you, Tico. I'm, I'm giving I'm giving Tico some real credit here, because I'm usually down the throat. But they really did it this time. Um, I know we have some callers waiting. I don't know if they had any questions for Frank Crum. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure they do. I'm pretty sure they do. Uh, Frank, you have time to hang around? Sure, I can. We do have a guest that, that's that's on that's on the line. Uh, Jose Vasquez. Uh, Jose I'm right? not sure. Maybe this is Jose. Let's, let's see. Let's see. Jose. Jose. Yes, I'm here. Hey, Jose, how you doing? I'm fine, Walter. Thank you so much for. Well, the time you spend every Sunday um, to bring this forum for the community. Hey, man, thank you for being for actually being a candidate, man. I, I understand you're a candidate for city council. That that's right, that's right. I got to give you some information about that. But first of all, I want to thank your our our guests about that information they bring about the movies play on the Black Monk history. Yes, and have a two question for him. Okay, all right. You allow me to do it, right? Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, this this project is beautiful. I like the idea, but I just want to know if, if this is the Black Monk history. It's very important to try to bring that project to the communities they cannot have access to that Tampa theater. You know, um, that's my question. How we can? They have a free transportation for people who can maybe see the the movie, but they cannot arrive to the Tampa Theater or a future project. If I understand your question correctly, what you're asking is, if you're not able to make it to the Black Love Classic movie series, is there another way to view these these films? Yes, because uh, I like the idea. I cannot forgo to the Tampa Theater, but what happened about the the, the, the different neighborhood? And maybe they don't have the opportunity to arrive to the Tampa Theater at three o'clock or every Sunday. Yes, you sir. Know? Well, you know what? I I think that's worth investigating. I think in the short term, one of the things is is that some of these movies are available for free on streaming services. Uh, some of them you you would have to pay for streaming services to view them at home, but I think one or two of them may be available for free. But I think it's worth investigating maybe the possibility of doing some sort of movie on the lawn in the future. So I think that's a great idea. And it, and if you don't mind, I'll, I'll I'll give you credit for it when I go back and talk to some folks about that. No, no, for the next time. Remember, we need to continue upgrading because the the, the goal right here is to educate the community for the uh, the community understand the history. You know. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I agree with yeah. you. My, Absolutely. My my other question to you is for me, it's very important give you a reminder to the city of Tampa about the Jackson House. Um, I think we need to start teaching more about the, the significance of the Jackson House and the involvement in the black community. Um, the the artists who, who um, at times who visit the city of Tampa, you know, to perform, you know. Um, we, we cannot celebrate Martin Luther King Day. We honor his history or people who, who contribute when this um, murder happened, you know, I remember like I see a video where uh, one artist donated his time to play online, so like that they 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 escalate the situation of the assassination of Martin Luther King and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to share that because the, the kind of the history we try to develop right now is make sure that people understand the history, not just show the history and, and that's it. Correct. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there needs to be deeper understanding, 
And that's that's how you bridge those. Let me let me rephrase that. There needs to be a bridge in terms of cultural understanding. So when we yeah. talk about education and scholarship, that's that that's the way in which you do that. And I would like to say this as it relates to the Jackson House. Um, you're going to hear sometime in late February an announcement about some things that the city of Tampa is doing to do exactly what you're talking about, preserving history within the African-American community, but also elevating its port importance um, throughout the Tampa Bay area. So you're going to hear about that later on in the month of February. Uh, and then when it comes to some of those artists that you mentioned, uh, some of the names that the listeners may know are Ella Fitzgerald, James Brown, Hank Ballard, um, Cab Calloway. They were all in Central Avenue, they all performed there, and Ella Fitzgerald wrote a tisket a tasket at the Jackson House. Wow. Uh, that's where she wrote that song. So there's definitely a lot of history there. Uh, there's a lot about Tampa that that needs to be uncovered and recognized. You know, people think of when they think about Southern cities, they think of New Orleans. They maybe think about um, um, Jackson, Memphis. Mississippi, right? Uh, and, and then you, you, some others, but but Tampa is definitely a city that was actually on the Chitlin circuit, so we're a part of that too. Yeah. There's a Southern legacy here, uh, and so much about us that that people just don't know. But we have the opportunity now, in 2023, to tell these very valuable stories. Absolutely. I, I mean, few people knew. I, I was surprised to know how few people are around, and how few people knew about um, uh, Mr. Claxton, Leon Claxton, and his significance and where he, where he even lived. The fact that he, he lived in West Tampa. Um, his home is owned by a gentleman from Cuba, we're not now, um, but he, his house was also owned by Bob Gilder, who, uh, who, for whom the, uh, the Supervisor Elections Office is named. Yep. Falkenberg Road. And former uh, activist and NAACP that's president. Right. Yep. That's right. That's mm -hmm. right. Um, you know, that is a very, very important point. And, and I, you know, when we talk about that, um, people don't even know what the hotel was he owned. Mm -hmm. The fact that he owned a hotel um, here in Tampa, the, the only black-owned hotel owner, uh, black-owned hotel and black, you know, uh, owner of a hotel was Leon Claxton. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, you know, people like Joe Lewis stayed there mm -hmm. at his home or um uh from France, uh not France, uh well there's so many people yeah. that that that, yeah. that did, you know, from, from Ray Charles to Joe Lewis. Correct. And, and all these uh people mm -hmm. were, you know, in in history, mm -hmm. uh in the entertainment world stayed at the Claxton House. Yeah, and, and again, there's more than one center in terms of black history in Tampa. So there, it, there are so many places that, that we can talk about, whether it be Dolby, Dolbyville, mm -hmm. um, whether it be Central Avenue. Um, you can talk about Davis Pool out there in Seffner. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that can be discussed, and uh, we, 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 we should just feel fortunate that we live in such a city. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, we have uh, we have to go get ready to go on a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to our friend Jose Vasquez. Jose, you still with us? Oh, he'll have to call back. You have to call back. Okay. All right. Uh, when he comes back, we're going to do that in the break, and then we're going to talk about um, these things. The, oh my God, the disappointment of the week. That's going. That's uh, with Tyree Nichols. I, I don't know how much more of this we can take, folks. But we're gonna we're gonna talk about. It.